Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Biz Dads. It's great to be back with you this last week of summer before school kicks off for us Biz Dads here. We've got a great show for you guys this week. A lot of college football talk. Hopefully, we're going to be watching some college football on Saturdays. Talk a little bit about the PGA Championship. We've got some business talk for you. We've got this week's cul-de-sac chat. How are you dealing with the last week before school gets started? And our final four, the biggest leaders in sports. Let's get into it. This week's Biz Dads. All right, Andres, how's your week? How's your weekend? The weekend was good, Brad. Kind of a last-minute opportunity to get on the road. So we actually are here in uh, Missouri again, uh, where we were earlier this summer visiting my in-law at the lake. So it's uh, nice and peaceful, but we took off on Sunday, decided to leave in the middle of the day Sunday and actually drove the whole way through. So got here really early on Monday morning. But yeah, it was a good weekend, just kind of getting ready to, to take off. And uh, we'll get into the, the reasons why we have that opportunity here in a minute. How was your weekend? It was good. So a little spontaneous up and out of there for the Sendates. That's cool to hear. My weekend was great. Yeah, the end of last week and over the weekend, I got the chance to play in my dad's member guest. Member guest tournaments are uh, are pretty funny. I, I think you, you get this group of guys who are, especially after COVID, have been so you know, pent up. It's good to get everybody out and to get together and have some fun. It was an absolute first for me. There was an argument and almost a fist fight on the putting green. So a couple guys maybe were too pent up. Or started drinking too early. I can't tell which one it was. So it was an eventful weekend. But I'll tell you, the biggest thing for me was um, just being able to spend that time with my dad. My brother also came in. My dad and I did not win our flight, but my brother did. Kevin won his flight, and they got to play in the shootout, which is this big deal. I mean, imagine 70 golfers. uh, I think it's 72 golfers. Everybody heads out in golf carts to watch, you know, these 12 groups play. Um, And they knock a couple out each hole. It's really exciting. Everybody gets into it. It's a lot of fun, a lot of, you know, following the beer cart. But it was just all in all a very special week, given all that's going on, to be able to hang out with Dad and hang out with Kevin. We celebrated Kevin's 40th birthday with a little surprise. Um, And, Twist, you'd be proud. I created my first iMovie and put music to it. Kevin loves him some Van Morrison. So we, I put all these pictures and all these videos from all of his friends together. So a little small victory for the old dinosaur here when it comes to defeating technology. Proud of you. It's exciting. Thanks. That really means a lot. I can tell your <laughs> sincerity there. Also, very sad but short-lived sadness is our baseball season came to an end. The Slammers finished out the Kid Pitch Tournament, um, the second only Kid Pitch Tournament, with a victory on Sunday. Allowed too, too many runs to make it to the championship game, but came very close with a tiebreaker. But uh, we got tryouts again this weekend for 9U, so I only have to deal without baseball for like five days. And that means, BizDad Nation, you only have to deal without baseball for five days. So you're welcome. So, Ann, how was your weekend? What did you have going on this weekend? I had a fun little reunion with all my clumps and girls. Good time to see everyone. But my main exciting factor that I love to hear was the BizDad Nation has heard me complain about my boyfriend's golf habit and it really made me angry before because I was like he's just wasting so much time playing golf for nothing and this weekend he came back from a trip up north he got his career best he shot a 67 
And he said he's going to start going semi-pro and start doing some more tournaments, get really more into golf. So my life has got a little bit more interesting that he's going to be playing even more golf. I didn't think that was possible. So we're excited and optimistic for what the future holds on that front. So Willie is going to play a little semi-pro golf, try to win some extra money for the old uh, wedding fund. Is that what we're hearing? (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that, but yes. He's going to be playing a whole lot more tournaments. So how many girls were a part of this girls weekend? Um, well, you know, nowadays you invite 25, only eight came. So I don't you know if that was 25 COVID. people to a girls weekend. Well, we have a group of 25, so got it. Can't be exclusive. That I don't think I have 25 friends anywhere. I, I have to, I don't think there's 25 people I like. Well, your fraternity. Yeah. Well, they all came from all over the Southeast. All right. Yeah. That sounds like a fun weekend if you, you could get even eight people together. Well, I'm with Brad. I don't even know if I could find eight people that I'd want to spend three days with. I know. There's, I mean, that's, just, that's the issue with getting older and becoming a biz dad is I really appreciate, one, my quiet time, two, my very close friends, and, and I don't really care to hang out with a bunch of people I haven't seen for a long time, I guess. I miss my college buddies. I miss a few of my college buddies, but I think you get more curmudgeon as you get older. And you're like, <laughs> you don't have to hang out with a bunch of people. I don't know. I've always been the more the merrier. So having eight people was the smallest I've ever had, I think, at the lake. Usually I'm used to 36. 36 has always been a good number. Wow. I wonder what Anne will be like in her in her 40s. I still <laughs> want to hang out that many people. So. so I'll tell you another exciting thing. that you, COVID has ruined our fall. We'll talk more about that with college football in just a second or the potential to ruin our fall. But... One of the things, you know, we, with two boys, I got to keep them active. And we signed Andrew up for fall baseball, which is going on. But Ben normally plays flag football in the fall. And the group that puts on the flag football uh, league this year is it doesn't look like they're putting it on. So I called our good friend uh, Eric Kamansky, who you listeners would remember from one of our interviews here. And we're going to put together a little uh, way to play flag football tournament or flag football league which will be really exciting. My first venture into uh, the world of, of youth sports leagues. Maybe this is a future career. That's awesome. I want more details, Brad, because Renzo is going to play soccer, assuming you know the soccer league in Smyrna happens. Um, but he's always expressed interest in playing football. We just you know haven't had time to do both. So tell me uh, when you guys get more details. Sure, I'm not the only parent that would be interested in finding another way to keep the kids busy here in the next four or five months oh yeah well we had so much fun with it last fall and the group that does it does a great job but we got to find a solution to get the boys out there and get them active and ben really loves it loves playing the game he you know can sling a football pretty good and um partnering with a guy like eric is a great opportunity and we sent out a little teaser last week so much more information to come there's still a chance that it may not happen but we're working to, to try to make it all make sense and hopefully We'll have a new uh, new league for folks to to join and participate in. So uh, keep your ears tuned here to the Biz Dads for your first details around way to play flag football. Something else we didn't get to talk about last week, Andres, but I am in now week two of and in the middle of today doing my first cleanse as a part of the Big Ass Calendar Club. I'm going to try to get Jesse Eitzler on the show here because this club is pretty amazing. You know, this big-ass calendar that I've been filling out has caused me to have to really dig deep into goals 
you know, develop a, a goal for the year. And I will tell you that for those of you that want a good laugh on this week's episode, I have decided that I am going to get into cycling. So if you could see my big ass on a little road bike, um, I'm working my way towards, and your wife will appreciate this, Andres, uh, riding in the Ragbarai, which is a race across Iowa next year. So my Masogi for this big ass calendar club and this show and everyone else out there needs to hold my big ass accountable for sticking with the cycling and, uh, and, and I'm going to ride in that race. That's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Heidi's family have, uh, you know, the, the, the Ragbri race, I didn't know about it until I met Heidi and then I started, you know, hearing more about the fact that these towns would basically apply cities around Iowa to host, you know, this traveling group. It's in the thousands of riders from all over the world. And, uh, some people have been doing it for decades, but, uh, yeah, that you know, they've now got families, uh, four or five families or riders that are part of a group, and you know, probably every four or five years, Ames, Iowa, is one of the cities on the tour, and uh, so this, you know, this group of people will actually show up and pitch tents and sleep in their backyard, and you know, have access to a restroom, and it's been kind of fun. So I'll be rooting for you, and definitely uh, we'll take some planning. But uh, that's awesome. Tell me. Last time we spoke about the uh, the Big Ass Calendar Club, you had kind of talked about a couple of sort of goals. Did you sort of refine what you wanted to do? Because I know you'd mentioned potentially doing Spanish and some other stuff. Yeah, so I I struggled with it. I toyed with Spanish. I talked about potentially rebuilding a Jeep. And mm-hmm. I realized that none of those things were really, at the end of the day, going to help me accomplish my ultimate goal which is health and wellness i've got this peloton that sits behind me here that never gets any use so by getting on the bike by getting out there and and, uh using the peloton riding the silver common trail here near us you know being able to spend time with the boys getting out ride with the boys which is cool ben's really into it now and uh, andrew has become great on his bike during uh covid he's you know he's really riding really really well and, um, I mean, it was an all-around great goal. So that is the final Masogi. That is the the one thing the whole year is leading up towards is that ultimate goal of riding in, in that big race um, and a long-distance race. So we've got a lot of exciting things that, I you know, I think have built into all of the goals here, um, both personally, professionally, and family-wise some things that'll help me with our business, some things that'll help me just get better understanding personally, you know, doing, just trying to eat better, doing things like prayer, having certain, these daily vitamins have been big. Um, mm-hmm. Literally have to check one off every day. There's 10 of them. And there's, there are things that you create. So mine are like, I got to drink 150 ounces of water a day and not eating any processed sugar, um, going for a walk daily, say a prayer, all these different things that are going to help me focus uh, but then, you know, goals for the family goals for Margaret Ann and I spend more time together, all really important stuff. So it's just, it's just as good of a program as you could put together because it does really encompass just about everything. But I am in the middle today of doing the cleanse for the month with it, which is a juice cleanse, which I'm glad we're recording this earlier in the day. Cause if we were to record this later tonight, like we normally do, I would be a pain in the ass 
to deal with. <laughs> and poor Anne. It, you know, she's you'd be moody. You'd be moody and grouchy. Yeah. So that's no, that's awesome. I mean, as I'm listening to you describe, you know, the, the, the program, I mean, it sounds like they really do try to get you to, you know, start to develop some new habits and, you know, people have different theories about how long it take, takes to form a new habit. Some people are, you know, 14 days, some people are 21 days, but I think the point is once you start to make it sort of a ritual and you do it every day, it doesn't become any different than, you know, brushing your teeth and, uh, washing your face or whatever your routine is in the morning. So, um, one, one little quick thought on Ragbri as you start, um, putting together your plan, one of the things that I, I thought when I heard about Ragbri for the first time was, wow, this is like, you know, is this competitive race? And then the more, you know, the more I um, talk to my in-laws and Heidi, what I've found is that there's different levels. People participate in it probably more for, you know, the social and the health benefits and, you know, just something that they've kind of enjoyed doing for many years. And so these huge, um, I guess you could call it outdoor festivals and parties usually um, happen. They build these like tent cities in these uh, in these little towns. And, uh, you know, given given how COVID has basically just shut down so much of this big group gathering, hopefully Ragbri will resume, you know, next summer. And I know it takes a fair amount of planning, so I'm sure you'll be spending the next, uh, you know, year starting to put together kind of how you're going to get out there, how you're going to get your bike there, you know, who you're going to, you know, what group you're going to get involved in. I'm sure there's a couple of groups from Georgia, you know, that make that trek. So that's great. A lot of planning. Thanks for adding more stress to uh, my already stressful planning with reminding me of all the things I have to do, but Hey, that's why I'm doing it. So that's what I'm here for. You know, I'm not promising listeners that this is not going to change, but the whole point of trying to work towards that goal is that I can accomplish it and find some race, either that one or like it, that we can get out there and, and do a long haul race. So I, I want to talk about a little bit of sports business news and particularly some college football. So let's get into it. This week's sports and biz news. Andres, there's some pretty bad news on the horizon. There's a bad moon horizon here today. As early as today, the PAC 12 and the big 10 could announce that they are going to cancel college football in the fall how do you feel i of, of course would hate to think that the saturdays in the fall just first and foremost for these these student athletes i mean gosh these kids have been working i listen to you week in and week out talk about ben you know playing baseball and i say okay the kid's you know eight years old and you know if in 10 years 11 years the kid was a college baseball player a college football player all of a sudden you told him sorry you're not gonna be able to play this year I just can only imagine how how emotionally devastating that would be. So, I mean, for the student athletes, I just hope I hope they don't cancel the season um, first and foremost. And then, as I think about it from a fan's perspective, you know, we've talked about it multiple times. Like, just it's it's kind of part of your sort of routine, I guess, if you're a sports fan, is waking up Saturday, watching college game day. You know, I know for me, like the typical Saturday in the fall, you know, Saturday night is usually there's a big game on ABC um, or ESPN or both. And then just living in Atlanta for the last 10, 11 years, having grown up in the Midwest where college football is more of a Saturday, you know, thing to do, at least where I went to college versus, you know, it's almost, you know, they describe it as a way of life. 
Um, and it can be, you know, a little extreme at times, but, but it is such a big part of the culture, you know, if you're a sports fan in the Southeast. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm with the typical college fan and then I'm hoping that we get a season, uh, even if it's delayed and it's not as long, but then there's all these other issues that, you know, surround the decision that, uh, I'm sure we can talk about either today or in future shows, but you're the one that played college football. So I don't know if I've captured any of the things that might be going on in your head and you've worked in the business for a long time. Yeah. Nowhere at that level. So I think it's, it's a totally different environment than, than I'm used to. But you know, the interesting thing for me is, you know, you, you have a college football fan base, which from a regional standpoint are pretty passionate people, you know, and it has become a very national sport over the last decade and a half, I guess, since the BCS started two decades now. The interesting thing for me to keep a close eye on are how these players continue to react to it. There have been two of the biggest names in, in uh, college football, Trevor Lawrence and Sunshine Boy and uh, Justin Fields, ironically both here from Cobb County, have made a huge statement by getting out there and saying that they want to play. There's no doubt about it that normally college and university, the university system is a very liberal focused system. Um, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree with that. The point being, they normally tend to lean more towards the we aren't going to do these kinds of things because of the risk or the the issues that you know it could be faced. The, the college athletes had come out and you know said in years past that they were concerned about, you know, how they were being treated, you know, whether or not they were being exploited as, you know, a workforce that was uh, underpaid or underappreciated. But now you have a group coming together, which I'm excited about seeing, to show their love of the sport. We want to play. We want to get out there. And when you talk about potentially pushing this towards the spring, if they cancel the college football season in the fall and play college football season in the spring – then you are putting bodies at risk because these kids will be playing 12 straight months of football. You'll go through your season, have very little rest, and jump right back into it for the regular 2021 season. So if they're going to cancel it, they probably need to cancel it outright. It was interesting to see the SEC say that they're going to try to do everything they can to play. Schools like Nebraska, who have very verbally and vocally opposed the Big Ten's decision to not play has been looking for teams to sign up. So you could have a lot of kind of rogue schools or even a rogue conference or two playing this fall where a lot of them don't. And what does the economics of that look like? What does the championship look like? How many asterisks are we throwing on top of this season? A lot to be determined in a very, very short period of time. College basketball, you know, if you remember when COVID really, to me, really just kind of became a real much more than just something that was going on overseas in Italy or what had started in, in you know, in Asia was when uh, the conference basketball tournaments were getting ready to start. And Kansas was, you know, number one in the Big 12 and was, you know, number, consensus kind of number one going into the big dance. And then everything just stopped. You remember that that Thursday. Um, and now I'm kind of thinking this is starting to feel sort of similar, you know that it's potentially an outcome and a scenario that you kind of have to kind of get your head around and you want to believe it's not going to happen. So, you know, I guess the, you know, the other thing too, that I've sort of, as I've dug into this, didn't UConn 
football come out and cancel their season, Brad? They did, but yeah. I, I think that was more to do with the fact they couldn't find anybody to play because they had gone independent. Yeah. So when yeah. they opted out of their conference and decided they're going to be an independent team, and then all of these conferences came out and said, we're going to play conference-only games, they were forced to, to cancel the season, I think, because yeah. they didn't have anybody to play. And then so didn't the that's not really West, an indication of of what's going on. Didn't the Mountain West Conference come out and cancel their football season in fall sports? The Mountain West, the MAC was first. The Mountain West came right. out right after that, and 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 those schools rely heavily on revenue from the major sure. Power Fives right. in what they kind of dub guarantee games. You know, where in a Tulane, I'm sorry, a Toledo goes to play in Ohio State. And Ohio State may play them, you know, may pay them a million dollars for that game. That is devastating on the budget for Toledo when that game goes away. And that's the same for a lot of the Mountain West schools uh, and any of the group of five. You know, those schools can't survive having to put the sport on the expense that goes with it and not having the revenue coming in. So it makes sense for them to to cancel. But um, yeah, I think I guess it's all trending it, that way. Yeah, no, I mean, it's. I guess we'll we'll find out. Um what the, the 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 leadership of the Big Ten and the leadership of the Pac-12, I guess, are supposedly meeting today, and that, like you said, a decision could be imminent. And some conferences are, I guess, positioning that you know we may not fall in line with that. And then, yeah, now you've got these constituencies, players. I saw some coaches came out yesterday. It's a complicated issue, I guess. What it you know, if you look at college football, it's just one of the many industries that has been impacted by COVID. I mean, I think what we're seeing, at least across corporate America and industry, is just a rationalization. I mean, you know, I think there's jobs that are going to be permanently lost, you know, and they're not going to come back. And I think there's going to be, to me, several years uh, where even if schools reopen this fall and even if universities have students on campus this fall, like, I just think there's been such an impact that we haven't even started to realize. Take the personal feelings you have about COVID and, you know, PPE and mass out of it. Like, I think the damage and the impact has already happened. And now it's, what's it going to look like over the next two, three, four years? And I just, I don't, I don't know that anybody really knows. Um, we're just kind of feeling our way through this on a week by week basis. Cause I certainly did not think that if you had asked us in April, you know, or March, like, will football be canceled? I think people would have thought you that was preposterous. Yeah. And here we are. Yep. It's very unfortunate. And I hope that we can get back to, you know, some level of normal here and, and, you know, it's going to take the right leadership to, to get through that normal. And every time there's a positive test, we can't allow our fear to grow, but smarter people are running the show than I am. A couple of interesting things in the college sports space in general, because of the business, you know, one for us at Trenches, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how our naming rights business is impacted by this. One of the things that's going to be really um, impactful is the need for universities to partner with brands on those naming rights pieces. But will brands jump on board if if there's nothing to to promote, if there's no fans in the stands? So we're going to have to push hard, and hopefully this is very short-lived. Another interesting piece of business is, you know, the media giant Sinclair um, is bidding to get into the multimedia rights space in college sports, making a bid to buy Outfront Sports. Um, Outfront is a big media company. You probably see them on billboards as you're driving around town. But they have relationships with schools like LSU and 
um, Virginia and others, uh, great programs. And it will be interesting to see a major media company like Sinclair coming into the space and kind of shaking things up a little bit. So something else to keep an eye on. This week, Andres, we had the live sports in full effect with the PGA Championship, the first major of the year. Really great to get some golf on TV. You know, one of the things that I always loved about the member guests with my dad is it's usually played over Father's Day weekend, and that's the U.S. Open weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, now there was no U.S. Open. We had the PGA Championship during the same weekend as the member guests, which was fun to watch. But what I'm loving about golf right now, and even for the casual fan, you know, there used to be the Tiger effect. People only watched when Tiger was in the lead on Saturdays and Sundays. Now you've got probably the best generation of professional golfers that have ever come together at the same time. And there's some trash talking going on. You know, Brooks Kepka and DJ, uh, uh, Dustin Johnson got into it over the weekend with a little trash talking. Phil Mickelson got up in the booth and was setting it straight to Sir Nick Faldo. Um, a lot of John back and forth. Even Roy McIlroy got into the mix. And I, I could... I could definitely deal with some trash talking in golf in my life right about now. It sounds just like what was happening in the, the, the father son or the member guest. I mean, this is like a, a the, the, this is no longer like the suburban, you know, quiet gentlemanly sport. It's now like taken on a, uh, you know, with social media and the personalities and so much money on the line. And there's so many new guys, like the kid that won, the championship, again, like if you're like Will and you play golf on the weekends and you follow the PGA, you probably heard that name. But I can tell you, 90% of sports fans, who in the hell is the kid that won? Turns out he played at Cal Berkeley right up the street, probably played that course a bunch of times. And I feel bad for him because I guess the shot of his life, you know, nobody was there to like react. So, no, but it's cool. I mean, I, I love the fact that there's these new up and coming players that are uh, making it interesting to watch. You know, I, um, it sounds like somebody in the background there is unhappy in the Sandate household. Perfect soundtrack to the biz dads. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that Colin Morikawa, a kid out of Cal that won uh, his second major appearance, he wins it. Uh, he was at the same age that Tiger won the 97 Masters. And I think that kid's got a great future. So I love watching golf. I don't think there's too many things I would rather do in my heaven. It consists of Sundays being spent laying on the couch watching golf. It also consists of Saturdays laying on the couch watching college football. So I may not have that this fall, but hopefully I'll get some really competitive golf to watch. Yeah, didn't wasn't he the, the first... I mean, maybe sure. Let me make sure I get this right. I thought I read that he was the first player since Tiger Woods. Is it also Jack Nicholas to win a major at under at 23 or less? 23 so. years of younger, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. So he's. I mean, you could be he's watching. Got a future. You can't say it after the kid won one tournament, but you may be watching the next. You know, the next Tiger. Um, and you know, really impressive kid. He did. Um, he did. You know, when he lifted the trophy, he kind of shook the trophy and the top fell off of it. So he has a great <laughs> you know, first win blunder. So, that was so funny. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, good for him though, man. I just love seeing that. And he, unfortunately, I didn't pick him in my pool, and I almost did. Who did? So I was picking myself. <laughs> well, he was. He was been talked about a lot because he's been making waves for the last yeah. couple weeks in only his second pro season, but. Good for him, man. Keep it going. Well, let's let's jump into this week's cul-de-sac chat. All right, Andres, it is the week before school. You 
are celebrating it in a way that I am very jealous. You are at the lake. Uh, the virtual school environment allows you to probably have a little easier start to the year than uh, than having to worry about making sure they have all of their supplies. While we are here trying to figure out how our little micro school pod is going to work, and I'm setting up our bonus room or playroom into a small school setting and making sure kids have laptops and all that crap going, it has not been a fun setup here. I'm not looking forward to next week. Well, I guess there's a lot there, so I'm curious to hear about your pod. We didn't get talk more about that, so I want to hear about that. But yes, I am on the lake uh, for the week before school, and we're going to do the first week of school um, on the road. And the reason that I'm not in an office uh, or on the phone um, is because I resigned from my job last week. Uh, and so I decided, you know, I just needed and wanted to take some time, spend with the family. Obviously with COVID, it's been such an unusual last six months. And so, yeah, we decided at the last minute to uh, hop in the car and make the you know 13 hour drive here to the lake. And unfortunately my in-laws uh, who were supposed to be getting here uh, today, they, uh, they live in uh, Ames, Iowa, and there was a pretty bad um, summer storm thunderstorm that hit and so they're without power and trying to make their way over here but yeah i mean we um i guess the start of school i mean it feels so different than typical you know year i guess i'd probably be thinking like oh man here comes the the grind of getting up at six and getting in the you know getting the kids ready for school and then hustling getting them dropped off and then fighting traffic um you know I don't anticipate doing any of that. I'm just going to be looking for a good high-speed internet connection come Monday. Um, and, of course, you know, our schedules are kind of, what, 8 to noon uh, for Cobb County Schools. And uh, we'll see. I mean, the word on the street is that this uh, new online virtual platform is uh, supposedly going to make things a lot more streamlined and uh, a lot more organized. Um but uh, I've also heard of, you know, more than one family that's just kind of opted out of doing the public school thing. And they've either enrolled their kids in, you know, private schools or they're uh, doing the homeschool thing. So, man, it's just going to be an it's going to be an interesting start to the year next Monday. Um, so that's what's going on with me. Tell me about, about you. We did decide to partner with another family, maybe even a third family to get a not a teacher, but, um, you know, a young adult who had worked with them as a nanny before to, to help the kids and to have some structure during the day, um, and to move, you know, between houses. So right now we've got four kids at two third graders, first grader and a kindergartner. So Andrew's going to be kind of, you know, solo by himself with being the only first grader, uh, and Ben and Andrew are in the DLI. The other family, has kids in the DLI program. So hopefully they'll be able to join us, but you know, we're no more than six kids at max. It allows Margaret Ann and I, who both work to stay engaged, but have somebody that can make sure they get started in the morning. They stay on task, can, you know, be a little bit of a disciplinarian and it's not ideal, but it's better than, than I guess it could be if we had to deal with it ourselves. You know, I think this is probably as good of a scenario as we're going to find, and I think that the kids will do well in it. It's not ideal because there's a bunch of different grade levels, and and the other third grader is not in the DLI program, dual language immersion program. 
Um, but I mean, hell, it, it, it's I, I'm looking forward to these kids getting some structure back in their life. I think it's gonna be a rocky couple of weeks um, until they get really used to it because they've had so much time off because the spring was the spring school year was totally wasted. The kids just didn't you know, they didn't really treat it like school. So, um, I mean, we're looking forward to getting started. Ben got a Chromebook for his birthday. Andrew's got his HP laptop ready to go. Um, got headphones for them. They're set up on their little tables. It looks like we've got a little classroom in our bonus room. So, we'll see what happens. Well, away we go. Wish us luck as we head out of this week's cul-de-sac chat. All right. Our final four this week, we talked about some of the leadership coming out of the college athletes of the world. Who is the greatest leader in sports? Producer Twist, you are up first. Go. So I guess before this year, I would always say Tom Brady because I always just think he's has a strong, powerful voice, does the right thing. But Trevor Lawrence is just incredible. I know I'm a Clemson fan, so I'm extremely biased. But after this week and his tweets and he's like really trying to rally the troops together, like you always want your quarterback to be a strong leader, but – not only is Trevor Lawrence the leader of the offense, he's the leader of the entire team. He's got a lot more to prove before he becomes the biggest leader in sports, but I'll give you that one like for your bias. On a very strong incline. I'm going to go with old school, a guy that kind of paved the way for all athletes, and I'm going to go with the greatest leader of all time in sports, Jackie Robinson. He endured something that I don't think anybody else could have endured. Great movie if you get a chance to watch it. Great life story. Great individual. Incredible athlete. Jackie Robinson. What you got, Andres? Uh, the business executive in me is going to come out with this one. So for all those that were expecting a player, I'm uh, going to disappoint you. But I'm going to go with the commissioner. I've been real impressed with Adam Silver over the last, not just the last five months, six months, but really since he took over for David Stern. I grew up a huge NBA, you know, fan. We talked a lot about the Jordan era, obviously, with um, the Last Dance show, and I just never, I just never really liked David Stern. Nothing against him personally. I just felt like he was just, uh, just hard to identify with. And uh, I don't know. With Adam Silver, I have a, I, I just feel like he is one of these guys that doesn't seek the limelight, um, but he's been, I just think pretty masterful in how he has and his team obviously he's not doing it alone have um, navigated what has been just a really unprecedented time you know from covid to trying to get their league restarted trying to keep you know players coaches staff healthy do it in a way that is uh you know obviously still about the game and then obviously when uh all the social uh unrest started and we had you know, protesting and, and all the injustices that were taking place, I just felt like the NBA, I mean, just has really nailed it in contrast to the NFL. I mean, you ask me who's the worst executive in sports, and I'm going with Roger Goodell, bar none. So that's my, uh, so that's my number one, Adam Silver. Boom, Mike dropped. Well, I'm going to add to the NBA thing here and go with number four because I've been, you know, I've never been the biggest LeBron fan, even as a Cav and a guy from who's a Cavs fan. I've never been the biggest LeBron fan, but he has really become pretty vocal during all of this. I think is leading the way for a lot of athletes, both in how he approaches business, how he has approached, you know, society and some of the issues we face there. 
all across the board. A lot of different names were forgotten. So feel free to comment and tell us where we missed and who we forgot. But that wraps up this week's episode of Biz Dads. Thanks for showing up, guys. We'll talk to you next week.